You know, I've just never liked any kind of bathroom humor. And I don't, you know, bathroom humor is one of those things, like, when I hear that, I, I think only about, you know, the, the bathroom and what your body does in there. Or other things your body does. But I've heard bathroom humor used very generally to include sex jokes and stuff like that. But I wonder what the official, you know, consensus is over the term bathroom humor. You know, does that... You know, does that automatically include other stuff like sex? Is it stuff that's not just in the bathroom, but it's a catch-all term for all of it? I've definitely heard it used that way. But when I hear it, I just think purely about bathroom or bodily function stuff. Sex jokes are, are a different category or sexual innuendo. I'm not comfortable with those either. You know, I think there's a funny way... I think there's a way to be funny about the subject of sex... But I guess I don't really like body humor or even talking about that stuff that much. Like, I've kind of forced myself to a little bit more. Not so much the bathroom. No, no definitely not the bathroom stuff. But I think I've forced myself to kind of bring the subject of sex into things now and again. But I try to do so in a, in a way that, I don't know, It's it's I feel very detached from it. But I've never found dick jokes that funny. I've never found... I've never found crude sex jokes that funny. And for that matter, I've never found the subject matter that interesting. But yeah, I don't know what it is about uh, bathroom humor. You know, like I'm so uh, averse because I wouldn't even say I'm uncomfortable because like when people talk about bathroom humor and they actually spend a lot of time talking about it, about the idea of it. But when they talk about it, like, they make it sound like people who don't like that form of humor are just uncomfortable with it. Like, oh, he's just uncomfortable when you talk about bathroom stuff. Like, you're a prude about it or something, or in denial about the reality. But for me, it's not even that. Like, I, I can fully accept that I'm not uncomfortable with the idea of bodily functions and people going to the bathroom. I'm just averse to it. I just don't like it. And I have like something more, something deeper I want to say about that in a second here, if I remember. But yeah, I'm just averse to the idea. Like if someone makes a, a fart joke, and I, I'm so averse to it that I don't even like to use the word fart. And I'm probably going to use it more than I would like in this episode. But I don't even like to hear that word. I can hear, you know, shit, fuck, anything. Any word you want to come up with. But when I hear the word fart, I think, like, I wish I, I wish that I, that wasn't a part of this. I wish that this wasn't part of the conversation. I wish I didn't just hear that word. And I try not to use that word ever. But it, to get to my point, like, you know, with fart jokes and things like that, it's not that I'm like, oh, my God, like, that shocks me or that's gross. It does, I do think it's gross, but I, it's also just, I, I just don't like it. I'm averse to it. I'm not a prude about it. I mean, there's all kinds of horrible subject matter I'm more than comfortable with, but that one in particular bothers me, and I'm so averse to it that I don't even like the word. Um, but as far as like, you know, because there's this idea like, oh, we're, because I mean, there's a common joke like, oh, women don't do that. 
women don't go uh, this. Women don't this. You know, people, there's jokes about like women not doing these gross bodily functions. But I mean, I kind of feel that way about uh, all people. Like, I'm not in denial of it, but I think it's cool when we just like block that out. Like, it's not just that we have restrooms, you know, the restrooms are private. It's almost like we pretend what's going on in the bathroom isn't really going on. And I like that we do that. It's almost like we think of other people as like these pristine souls, which we are. And we don't want to imagine that that soul is inhabiting a body that has to do these gross things. And there's probably some evolutionary biology justification for it. Like, oh, it's like we don't want to smell this or see this because people, we we get the feeling, uh, <clears throat> we, we don't want to ignore, I can't even know, I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, the evolutionary biology reason for that or something someone would give is like, oh, it's because people mark their territory and when we smell that, like we don't want to uh, go into someone else's territory because it's dangerous. I don't fucking know. Point being, like, I think part of it, though, is, like, on a soul level, we don't want to think about that level of existence. Like, we want to imagine people on a higher level of existence. Um, But, you know, sex jokes and stuff like that, or sexual references even, I've tried to make myself... I don't know. I think that stuff is worth talking about. I feel differently about it than I do bathroom stuff but I I still think it's something that should be avoided and people use that stuff like a weapon like I know a lot of artsy intelligent people AI artsy and intelligent that's AI AI stands for artsy and intelligence artsy intelligence you know AI stands for artsy intelligence Uh, I, I mean honestly that's how I feel about AI it's artsy intelligence. But people who are artsy and intelligent AI, I've known a lot of them who kind of use a bathroom and, and potty jokes, sex jokes. They use that kind of as a weapon or a defensive weapon. It's like a defense mechanism, it feels like. They're like, I'm just into fart jokes. It's almost a, like a way of being... It's a way of saying, like, I'm going to put up this shield that says, don't take me too seriously. Or, I'm not that smart, but I really am. I've talked about that before, where along with the number of people out there who are trying to convince you they're smarter than they are, only an idiot would say that. Well, if you looked at the data, you'd know that only an idiot would say that. Like the number of people who are trying to appear smarter than they are. The other side of that is there's a ton of people who are trying to appear dumber than they are. And that doesn't mean they're smart. There's this kind of trope, I guess you would call it out there, that's like, oh, people who pretend to be dumber than they are are actually really smart. No, they have average intelligence most of the time. People with average intelligence also pretend to be dumb. 
It's not something like people, only smart people pretend to be dumb to hide their intelligence because they're either humble or they're worried. They're worried. Humble or worried? Are you humble or are you worried? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's my new question for people. Are you, are you humble or are you worried? Artsy intelligence. It's a good, that question would actually, it's really relevant to artsy intelligence. I asked the artsy intelligence machine, you know, uh, are you humble or are you worried? Are you humble or are you scared? But, uh, you know, there's this idea that it's like, it's humble, smart people who pretend to be dumber than they are. Or they just don't want people to know they're smart for whatever reason. No, not true at all. Like, where where does that idea come from? I mean, uh, where's the <laughs> where's the evidence that supports that? No, like, people of average intelligence. People of average intelligence are usually the ultimate chameleons. The people who are trying to seem smarter than they are aren't the dumb people. The people who are trying to seem smarter than they are are the people with average intelligence. The people who are trying to seem dumber than they are are the people of average intelligence. It's the same exact thing as the middle class. The middle class often pretends to be richer than they are or pretends to be poorer than they are. You know, I grew up in a very middle class environment, and so I, I know middle class people. And I found that more often than not, middle class families either want to, they're trying to give the appearance they're wealthier than they are or they try to make people think they're poorer than they are. Oh, like we're just blue collar, middle class, barely making ends meet, got enough money for a vacation once a year, and you know, uh, the money for jerseys for my kids' t-ball game. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but uh, you know, I, I find that the people in the middle are more often the chameleons or the people who are trying to give a different image. Like, truly dumb people are just dumb and they don't care. They don't try to seem smarter because they actually don't care. They don't care. And I think that people who are truly smart... I don't know. I, I think that people who are truly smart just come across how they come across. I don't think they hide their brain by acting dumb. Some of them probably, but not most of them. It's people of average intelligence. It's people of average income. People who are completely average are, for, are far more likely to try to mimic one of the extremes of whatever their condition is. But so, pe so people of average intelligence, sometimes one of the ways they kind of try to make them see themselves seem like down to earth is to be like i i just love fart jokes poop that's another word i can say the word shit i try not to i i use it broadly i try not to use it in reference to the act but if i do have to refer to the act that's my preferred word i would use shit that's my preferred word for the act. But I prefer not to have to refer to the act at all. And I'd rather just use shit like shit, man.
cut the shit. I'm sick of this shit. You know, I, I don't mind using it that way at all because when you use it that way, it's it's completely disembodied from the act. It's just a completely abstract idea. Like when you say like cut the shit, nobody thinks about that literally. Thank God. But shit has a very specific feeling and meaning for them used as a curse word. It's entirely its own idea. And it means something different from fuck. It's, it, you could ask anybody in the world, does shit mean something different from fuck? Can you use them interchangeably? Completely apart from the, the what those words are referred to as far as like bodies and acts go. But when you just ask somebody like, as abstract curse words, can you use the word shit and fuck interchangeably? And the answer is no. Everybody knows that. They are distinct words with, that are self-defining. They each have their own feeling. George Carlin didn't talk about this. I mean, think about humor. Like, I always liked George Carlin a lot growing up. As far as the older comedians and stuff that I, I saw now and again. You know, I always, I thought he was good for what he was at the time. I like him. But when you look back and like watch George Carlin's swear word, you know, bit where he's just like, here's all the words you can't say. Shit, fuck, cunt. Shit, fuck, cunt. You know, like he just he's just like a kid listing off all the swear words. And it's funny to me, though, because it's, you know, like that was considered somebody considered that provocative or witty you know the people who liked it it's like oh that was really funny and witty whereas somebody else would be like oh it's really provocative to just name all those words but what what he didn't talk about is like how each of those words has its own distinctive feeling and use and we don't think of the literal act they're used to refer to but what is that in the abstract you know, it's, it's incredible that those words have their own distinct function and feeling simply in the world of language with no literal meaning. What the fuck? Cut the shit. You know, they... Neither of those sayings refer to anything. They're simply their own words, but... Um, anyway, like going back to, like I will use the word shit in that sense, no problem, all the time. I probably use it more than I'd like. You know, I probably swear a little more than I'd like. I've tried to cut back over the years, but you still got to do it. Um, but if I have to refer to the act of going to the bathroom in that way, I'll say shit. And that's that's what I'll use. But... Uh, and and I, I feel uncomfortable even saying this word, but when people say poop, you know, it's like fart. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I certainly don't want to say it. And like when people try to use poop as a softer way of saying shit, like, oh, poop. <laughs> Like when people like rep like when they would normally use shit in that more abstract curse way, 
but they don't want to say it and they go like cut the poop well that's a bunch of poop it's like why did you do <laughs> why did you <laughs> why did you do that you know uh what you did what you said is so much worse than if you just said shit so i try not to i i truly never use that word i mean it's it's kind of like uh you know it's a word that you should only use when discussing it this way it's like other words that you're not allowed to say You know, you should certainly be welcome to use them if you're analyzing them. You know, there's certain um, identity-based insults, slurs, that you're not allowed to say socially. But we've applied this rule where it's like, oh, you can't say this word at all, ever. Even if you're using it in a journalistic or academic sense. You can never use this word. You can't ever say these words. It's a it's an evil spell. You know, we all know what words I'm discussing. And amazingly, I'm hesitant to use those words even here. I do in conversation, but I'm hesitant to have a rec- a public recording where I use those words, not because I'm afraid to, just because, you know, it, it's so powerful. To people, they've made it so powerful to them. But that's how I feel about the word "poop" as well. You know, it's a word that socially you should never be allowed to say. But if you, you can use the word "poop" in a journalistic or academic sense to analyze it, it's a lot like a racial slur to me. Or when I hear it, I shudder. I'm like, oh god, they they said that. And I've always felt that way. And you know what? I've known other people who do the same thing. I know I'm not alone because I know other people when they hear those words, like my childhood best friend was the same way. <laughs> my childhood friend Nick was the same exact way. And one... Being my childhood best friend, I noticed that he never used those words either. Because when you're a little kid, you're surrounded by those words. Kids are using those words all the time. They're saying poop. All those words that we don't want to use. But I noticed like my childhood best friend, no, he didn't He didn't use them either. It, was, it wasn't a conscious decision. I just noticed, you know, looking back, he never used them. And I remember he brought it up once. He's like, he's like, you know, I hate, I hate when people use the word poop. And one thing he pointed out, the reason I just cackled a minute ago is I was just thinking about something he said to me back when we were kids where he said, you ever notice when people say poop and pee? Like, together like that? Like, there was all this, oh, man, like, the sewer line busted, and there was all this poop and pee. He pointed it out to me, and that was something I was aware of already. Like, I had noticed people say it that way. And being a close friend of mine, he obviously observed the same thing. But it's... We are averse to that way of talking. I, I can speak for him and say he wasn't... 
you know, it's not like he, he's shocked or offended. It's just we're averse. I had a girlfriend for a while, like a couple of years, and she was like really into all that stuff. Like she was really into, you know, bathroom humor. She was an artist, so she would like work that in. And, you know, like it, it was her thing. Like she was really into that. But it also kind of felt like a defense mechanism like I was getting at earlier. Like it feels like like people put that up as a shield. And I'm not saying that's what she was doing, but I've just always felt that way about it. And it's funny too cuz there's this kind of pop uh this pop knowledge what they would call pop knowledge. They're like, "Oh, guys are guys just talk about all that stuff all the time. Guys just fart around each other and they just they talk they talk about the shit they just took with each other and girls don't do that." And you know, well you might you know, men might do that a little more. I'm a guy who who can pretty much blend in with any type of guys. Like the only type of guys like I can't blend in with. I mean, there's plenty, but it's like as far as just like the common you know, men that I've encountered throughout my life. Like not that many of them just sit around and talk about that stuff or fart around each other. Like some, yeah. But like my friends growing up, we never did that. We never talked about that. We never talked about what we did in the bathroom. We never farted around each other. If we did, it was extremely rare. I've always avoided that. I don't like it when couples fart around each other. Like every person I've ever dated, you know, I've never been comfortable doing that around them. And while I won't get upset if they do it around me, I'd rather they not. Because people are always like, oh, it's bad to hold it in. It's like, no, but it's something you should find your own private moment. Find your own private moment. And I know, yeah, people get married and, like, reach a point where, where they, some people, it's like, oh, they're so comfortable with each other, they just do that all the time. And that's fine, you know, it's it's better. Like, what I'm saying isn't psychologically healthy for most people. But it's just, it's kind of like, it's just a principle. You know, having principles, like a lot of them are kind of going against what's easy or um, natural. I don't want to say natural, but like, you know, having principles, like a lot of it kind of goes against what would otherwise be considered normal or something you would default to. Like, it's something where you have to, like, remind yourself of it or form a discipline so that you live that way. You know, having a principle isn't, like, it's like not stealing or being honest. Like, there's a magnetism that will, like, pull you toward theft or dishonesty if you don't stop it, if you don't have principles. Because the idea is, like, oh, I'm hungry. I should just take this guy's sandwich because it's in front of me. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I should just lie. You know, there's a magnetism to do that, which is why people do it all the time. But having a principle stops you, even though it might not be the easiest thing, especially if you're not used to being honest and hardworking or whatever it is. 
But uh, I'm the same way with, yeah, like just bodily functions, farting, talking about that stuff. I kind of, I just have kind of have a principle against it, but it, it's not something I decided. It's just something that I feel. It's not that I think people should be ashamed of that stuff, because that's that's one of those things that's in there too. Like when you don't want that stuff to be discussed or referenced, there's this idea that you're trying to shame people for doing those things. Like oh, because you don't like want people to talk about farts or like going number two. That means that you think people should be ashamed for doing what's natural and what they have to do every day. No, I don't think people should be ashamed at all. There's no shame in it. Like what part of, I just don't want it to be discussed, don't people understand? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, sex too. It's kind of like sex, which is why these things are always discussed the same, but like, if you're not promiscuous, if you're like me, and I, I'm not, I'm one of the least promiscuous people you'll ever meet. Outside of people, like as far as people who have had the opportunity to be promiscuous, I have never been promiscuous. Not because I'm an incel, but because I just, it, I doesn't, I don't feel the, the, the need. I've never felt compelled to be promiscuous. And I also have a principle that kind of tells me that too. Like I kind of have, there's something in me that says like, yeah, you know, my whole life, even, even before I knew it, I always felt like there was something in me kind of saying like, it's not good. Like, not good for me to do. You know, I, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't, don't, don't be tempted. Something just intuitive kind of telling me that. But that said, I don't believe, I, you know, people who are promiscuous, like, not my lifestyle. But I don't look at them and say, like, you should be ashamed. You should be hated. You should hate yourself for that. You should regret that. You know, maybe I do wonder if that's good for them. Is that really good for you? But I don't, I don't judge them for it. I don't think they should feel any shame. But if you were just to say to somebody like, oh, I'm not into promiscuity. I don't believe in promiscuity for me. If they're a promiscuous person, they would hear, I should be ashamed. Oh, because he doesn't believe in that for himself. He, he looks down on me for being that way. And that's built into us. You know, when someone says, like, I don't do that. And they, if that person does do that, they think, oh. Dissonance. There's some dissonance be between the mycelium. But, you know, you can... And some people do do that. Like, there are people who are like, I'm not promiscuous. And they say that to kind of, you know, make other people feel bad. But there's people like me who don't, but we still don't believe in promiscuity and don't do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like if people hear that and they're like, oh, I'm being judged for that. Oh, because you don't think sex should be talked about openly all the time. You think people should be ashamed of sex. 
you think sex you, you think people should uh you know, it's like the sex positivity people were pushing for a while. It's like, oh, if you don't talk about sex all the time, you, you have a negative attitude towards sex. It's like, no, I just don't think you should talk about it all the time. I don't have a negative attitude toward it at all. I just don't think it's something that we need to talk about openly all the time. I think sometimes it's, you know, among adults, it's worth, it's worth talking about or there are funny things or observations or, you know, whatever it is you know, in the right context. But the fact that I don't think it should really be talked about that much, uh, you know, even, even though I, like I said, I, I do talk about that stuff now and again, like some of my art has kind of, you know, there's sexual stuff in it. But socially, as far as conversation goes, a different medium. It's what they call a different medium. Because a conversation is something different, or just taught like social, like social, normal social interaction. You know, that's a different thing. But that doesn't mean that I think people should be ashamed of it. So, uh, you know, that's what I mean when I say like, just because I don't like bathroom talk, bathroom humor, bathroom art, doesn't mean I'm in denial about what humans do, about what my body does. And it doesn't mean I think we should feel ashamed of that. And who cares if we do? I mean, like, like I hate to even go on about, you know, like people shouldn't be ashamed. Because who cares if we are ashamed? And I think we, I, I think we kind of are. Like, I think we naturally, and it's not, it's not because like there's been some big campaign. I just think human beings naturally feel some sense of shame when they have to do that stuff. Around other people, especially. Like if you're hanging out with people and you have to go to the bathroom for 15 minutes. It's not that anybody's looking down on us. I, I just think there's something about that that's like, oh, you know, this isn't, this isn't good. This is revealing something to the people I'm with that isn't great. Even though it's a real normal thing, there's something about the fact that I'm having to do it right now that doesn't seem right but I don't have a choice. And it's humbling. Maybe we need to be humbled sometimes like that. But uh, I don't know, yeah, people like uh, going back to like, they kind of use that stuff as a shield. Like, I mean, there's some comedians I'm aware of who are very intelligent. And I, I listen to podcasts with them where they're like, I don't know why they care about my opinion on Donald Trump's felt because uh, I'm just a guy who makes dick jokes. I'm just a guy who makes dick jokes. I'm just a guy who makes dick jokes. I'm a guy who makes dick jokes. You know, I've heard famous comedians say that because like a number of comedians have, you know, just kind of melted in with political punditry. Not even intentionally. But like because of the age we live in, you think about someone like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. You know, he, he's you know, he, he certainly hasn't shied away from social politics. But he you know, he doesn't regard himself as a political pundit or anything like that. It's just he's touched on the subject. But because 
of the age we live in, it's like his voice is so magnified that if he says something about politics, people are people make a big deal about it. But then because they make a big deal about anything remotely political, he says, he'll be like, I don't know why people are making such a big deal about me. I'm just a comedian who makes dig jokes. Um and I get it. Like, I don't blame him for saying that. Because I think, you know, the point he's making is just like, you know, I'm just a man. I'm just a guy who's famous for bullshitting. Just talking to people, like just bullshitting with people. And you're making this huge deal about what one fucking guy is saying who's not even invested in that shit. That's what he's getting at. But the way he says it, just like, I'm, I'm just a comedian who makes a dick joke. I'm just a comedian who makes a dick joke. Um, and I, I guess, like, I, I just don't relate to that because I, I don't make dick jokes. I'm sure I have made them. I don't even know what a dick joke is. Because a lot of this stuff plays into puns, and, you know... I know, I know that uh, this is probably a, a controversial opinion. I mean, this is probably more controversial than anything I've said, but I just, I don't do well with puns. Like, I, when I say I don't do well, I get them. I understand them. I just don't think they're very funny. You know, and there's people who are like, I'm a pun person. I love pun. <laughs> it kind of like blends in with what they call dad jokes. Which, it's unfortunate that that term got so popular. Because, yeah, there is a certain form of joke. And dad joke is a good description of them. But people, like, they, they got so into the idea of dad jokes. Like, they heard about dad jokes and understood what that was. And they decided to start calling fucking everything a dad joke. Like, you can't make just a bad, an intentionally bad joke or an intentionally dumb joke without someone being like, Nice dad joke. Nice dad joke. Oh, it's a dad jokes. It's like, that wasn't a dad joke. Like, people have started to use it as this catch-all for any kind of bad joke. And it's like, no, no. This was just a bad joke, an intentionally bad joke. There is a specific thing, I think, that... I think there is a specific kind of joke, and dad joke fits it perfectly. And I wouldn't try to change that, you know, it's a dad joke. That's what you call it. But people, like, they hear a new phrase or something that is relevant and makes sense. Like, oh, that's a dad joke. And they start trying to use it for everything. And this is how you know I'm insane, is just that I, you know, hyper-analyzing people's use of dad joke. But it's a lot like mansplaining. I've talked about this before, where, like, someone came up with, like, some very spe highly specific situation in which men try to over-explain something to women when the women didn't ask or they already know or, or this but then people liked it so much they liked that idea so much that they they can't stop using mansplain for everything it's like oh he was mansplaining me he was talking to you oh he tried to talk to me about a subject and i already know everything uh, uh, you know this, this is turning into a mansplaining thing but 
Something that's so funny to me is like, if you look online, like a lot of the way, like women will post like, oh God, like I was at this party and this guy like tried to tell me all about like nuclear physics. And he doesn't know that like I'm a, I'm a nuclear physics professor. And then it's because I'm a woman and he didn't think, you know, I knew anything about it, but I'm, I'm the world's greatest expert in it. Little did he know. But he still mansplained to me about it. You know, that that's sort of the, the framing of a lot of that shit. And it's very like this high and mighty. Like it's a way of kind of bragging, like I'm one of the world's most uh, I'm one of the world's top experts in nuclear physics. Did you know that? And I'm a woman. And I'm a woman. I'm just a woman who makes danger. But uh you know, that's always kind of built into it, like little did he know about my accomplishments. It's this, bra there's this brag built into it. And the funny part about that too, is like, you just don't know how men talk. As I've said time and time again, a lot of what these people call mansplaining is how men talk to each other. Like your friends talk to you that way. Random guys, like guys just explain things all the time. And even if you already know it, like thinking about like my friend Tony, you know, my collaborator in mafia research that I have done the Mob Archaeologist podcast with. Like I think about like ways that he, like conversations he and I have had or message messages back and forth about research or theories about the mob. And if you were to like see it, it's like a lot of the time we're just saying something that the other person already knows. Like I'll say something to him and like he already knows this. Like he already understands and knows this. And then he does it to me and it's just kind of like bouncing. It's just talking. It's like here's something we're both interested about. Even though we both already know this, let's just kind of bounce it back and forth a little bit because we just want to talk about it or explain something. Just explain our thinking. And guys do it about everything, you know, like music. Like my friends who are into music, same music I am. Like we do that with each other. Any subject. Even if the person already kind of knows or, you know, you know, it, it doesn't make a difference. And we enjoy doing it. Like sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's like, I wish this asshole would shut up. But a lot of time it's just like, oh, this is just what we do. But then women get a taste of that. And maybe it's because before the, the sexual revolution, maybe men didn't talk to women about that stuff. Like they didn't talk to women the same way they would talk to other men. Like I'm sure that's a part of it is just that after the sexual revolution, women are exposed to a way that men talk to each other that they never had before. But because they have no perspective on that, they're just like, oh, he was just mansplaining to me. Yeah, I'm sure there is a time. Like, I, I know there's there's some there's a time. There's a very specific situation where a man will patronizingly or condescendingly explain things to wom to women because she think he, <laughs> he thinks she uh, can't possibly understand it or know about it because she's a woman. There, there is a very specific scenario where that happens, but it's very limited in scope. And a lot of what gets called mansplaining is just the way men communicate. 
And if you have a problem with that, well, that's how we talk. That's what we do. But, you know, this went on, this turned into a mansplaining rant, but it's just the, the problem is, is that people like hear a buzzword and it like it sticks in their brain and they like it. Oh, I know what that is. Oh, mansplaining. There's a word for it. But then they like that word so much, they're like, man, that's mansplaining. That's mansplaining. It's like calling every soda a Coke. It's like how people in the South call every soda a Coke. I'll get a Coke. Well, what kind, Sprite? I'll get a Coke. What kind, Dr. Pepper? So that's what they do there. But the truth is, Coca-Cola is a very specific type of soda, a specific brand. And uh, you wouldn't call, if you want to be accurate, you wouldn't call every soda a Coke. But that's kind of what these words become, like mansplaining. Like you start referring to every time a man communicates with a woman in a way that isn't just like totally adoring. Because you see that where it's like, oh, he didn't know I'm a nuclear physicist. And then I told, like, oh, I got this guy at a party last night. He was trying to explain nuclear physics to me. And he kept doing it even after I told him I was a nuclear physicist. He didn't believe me. And it's like, that probably made him more excited than anything. Most guys in 2023, if they're talking to a woman, if they're into nuclear physics and they're talking to a woman and she's like, I'm a nuclear physicist, isn't going to be like, oh, yeah, right. You couldn't possibly know anything about nuclear physics because you're a woman. Guys aren't going to do that in 2023. They're probably going to be like, oh, whoa, well, like, here's more of my ideas about it. Because the idea is like you're throwing it out there. Like when guys talk that way, a lot of it's like, I'm just going to throw a lot of information out there and you can throw some back or throw it back. And that's how we form, that's how you have a long form conversation with somebody. But it's like some of these women, it seems like what they're looking for, and I, I absolutely believe this is what they're looking for, is to be like, oh, I told him I was in nuclear physics and he didn't like get down on his hands and knees and worship me. He didn't go, oh my God, that's so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And it's just an excuse to brag that you're accomplished. But I had some reason I was talking about that. It had something to do with just when people start using a word too liberally. I don't, I don't It's something to do with probably with bathrooms innuendo or something like that I don't remember um, and what was it you know, just using some sort of word too liberally where you like start looking for opportunities to use it even when it doesn't actually apply and that's how you that's how a word loses meaning like a word like mansplaining doesn't have much meaning now because it's been used too liberally it's like a flavor or something like like things lose its flavor if you put too much flavor in. I don't, I don't think that's true, but <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have more to say just about bathroom humor and stuff like that. Anyway, um, do I? 
But yeah, I don't even like to see it depicted in art. Like, I've never drawn that kind of stuff. You think about, like, little kids, like, drawing... Like, I've drawn sexual stuff. But bathroom, I, I like, you know, like I've been getting at. Like, I have a much more severe response to bathroom stuff than I even do sex stuff. I don't think sex is part of polite conversation. But I, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, the imagery and stuff doesn't bother me. Like, obviously, I like the imagery. But, uh,. I guess, like, my feeling is, like, we should be careful about anything sex-related. We just need a, a full ban on anything bathroom-related. And it's funny, though, that, like, we... I don't know if this is worldwide throughout every culture in history, but it seems like a lot of people in a lot of different places are all like, yeah, we shouldn't... We should come up with euphemisms to refer to those things. And people always are like, oh, like, society's so repressive, like, society, like, wants to believe that nobody goes to the bathroom or has sex and that we should never talk about those things. And it's like, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason why civilization in different times and places is like, yeah, let's not talk about those things. Let's not address those things head on. When we refer to those things, let's, let's make up euphemisms. Maybe there's a reason why we intuitively do that. I guess the funny thing about repression and, and, you know, I don't know, when societies are averse to something or discourage something, it's like maybe there's something, there's, there's a reason why we just, we institutionalize that feeling. And I don't really like institutionalization of things. But maybe there is a reason why we're like, yeah, you know, let's let's not refer to the let's not refer to going to the bathroom directly. Let's not be too explicit about that. Let's kind of hide that reality. Maybe there's a function to doing it, to treating it that way. Um, maybe it's not all just like there's this, and I mean, I think that stuff can go too far too. Because like, like I, I would never use the justification to like, oh, anything society is against at any time is for a reason. I don't believe that. But I think bathroom stuff, maybe. Because we, since we all do it too. Because people will say like, oh, you know, society's like built these horrible mechanisms to oppress women. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say, oh... There's a reason for that, <laughs> you know. Although, you know, to be fair, I do think a little bit of that is for a reason. Like, I think there is a reason why we're like, yeah, maybe women shouldn't reveal too much of themselves. Maybe women shouldn't have too many sexual partners. Like, it shouldn't be taken to this, like, the Islamic extreme. But maybe a little bit of that is for a good reason. I mean, I think absolutely there is. It's just that when taken too far, it becomes a, a whole other problem where you actually are oppressing and repressing people. But a little bit of it. But people like, even if the thing is though, is like the way people interpret that too. Like, like if, if you were to say what I just said, which is basically like, yeah, women and for that matter, men 
I don't even, I don't feel like this is even specific to one or the other. I think it applies to both. But if you're addressing women, I do believe, hey, you know, young girls, you probably shouldn't sleep around too much. I'm not going to tell you what's right or wrong. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life. But if you ask me, you probably should do a little less of it than you could for, at the very least. But someone hears that and they're like, you're telling women what to do. You have a really unhealthy attitude toward female sexuality. No. I just think maybe a little bit of that should be encouraged. A little bit of that, a little bit of those principles have value. And maybe even a little bit more than a little. I don't even know. But I'm saying like, let's just go with the idea that like, I don't believe in controlling women or telling them what to do. But I think maybe just a nice, healthy recommendation is good. But people hear that healthy recommendation and they're like, they, they take that to the furthest extreme. It's like I've said about abortion, what we call abortion. It's like I've said about abortion. It's like with abortion, we're like, that's something where I think, yeah, you should avoid that. I'm not even gonna say anything about laws I'm not even going to say anything about morality. I'm not going to tread into those waters here. But I think it's on the most basic level. The most logical thing to believe is like abortion, whether it's legal or not illegal, whether you think it's the killing of a child, whether you think it's morally evil, no matter how you feel about it. It seems like everybody could universally agree like, yeah, you should try to avoid doing that. But if you say that, people are like, oh, so you think abortion should be completely outlawed and women who do it should be locked in chains? You fucking asshole. Fucking asshole. You know, people, they hear that. They hear, oh, because you have some sort of, you, th you have a mild aversion to that thing. That means you have the most extreme, you agree with the most extreme take on it. it it's a idea, it's like, what all that is, is like, if you're not with us, you're against us. If you think that abortion should be discouraged, if, you're, if your recommendation is just that abortion should generally be discouraged, You're against us. Um, I don't know, this is how we're wired to, to react that way. And we do that with taste. Like if someone's like, oh, the Avengers is the best movie that's ever been made. And you're like, oh, it was good, but you know, I didn't love it. The person who thinks it's the best movie ever will often be like, what do you mean? You don't understand it's the best? Like, it's it's obviously the best. How dare you not have a 100% love for it? We react to things even with taste. Like, even with friends of mine, friends of mine it's, it's always been, you know, it's always been friendly. But I've had a friend say to me before, like, oh, dude, this, this album is so fucking good. And then I'm like, eh, I didn't really like it. It's fine. 
They're like, what do you mean? Did you listen to it? They try to convince you. It's, you know, like we want to be in harmony. Even though we do everything possible to be, you know, dissonant with each other, there's a part of us that very strongly wants to be in harmony with other people. And we, you know, when someone, a friend of ours, doesn't have the same taste in something, especially if you otherwise have similar tastes, because the people I've had those conversations with are often people, I mean, like I think about my friend Miles, you know, someone like that, where it's like we have a lot of the same taste in music, but when there is a difference of opinion, like we react to each other like, what do you mean? How could you think that? Because like, how could, how, could you, how could you not be in harmony with me on that? And we especially do it with opinions. But like those conversations, even with friends, when you're talking about a band or something, if you were just to like read the tone of the conversation, you would think that we fundamentally disagreed. Like you, like, because it's almost like if you say like, man, this is the best fucking record I've ever heard. And your friend who normally has the same taste is like, yeah, you know, I thought it was okay. It's, it's better than average. The way you're going to feel about that is like, oh, so you hate it. It's like, no, no, I think it's, I think it's pretty good, but just not great. So you hate it. Like that's especially how we are about social or political opinions. It's like the trans thing. The trans thing. Just hitting all the notes. Because we all do all the time now. Can't talk about anything without talking about that thing. But it, that's, that's another good example where you look at, at the trend of it all. You look at the influence it has. You look at its presence in the public these days. And just saying like, yeah, you know, I don't believe in telling people what they should do or not do with their lives and their clothes and their identities for the most part. But you know, it's, it's probably not great that we're seeing this so much. It's probably not great that we're talking about this so much. Definitely not great. But you know, I don't believe in, in policing these people. I don't want to be at odds with these people. But you know, uh, what I'm seeing, it doesn't seem good. The scale and you know, the, the framing of this, the trend among youth doesn't seem great. Yeah, you know, it's not a black or white statement. But if your opinion is white on it, that's going to be a black statement to you. And if your opinion is black on it, it's going to be a white statement to you. Because if you say it to somebody who's like fervently just one of these, these uh, pundits who's just their entire life for the last five years has just been fighting the trans movement. If that's someone's entire thing and you say, yeah, you know, I don't think people should, I, I don't believe in telling people what to do. Some people can do that if they want. But, you know, I'm not, not thrilled about it and I don't think it should be encouraged, at least not on this scale. Like someone who's, who's just fighting that shit is going to respond to you like, oh, so you, you think it's okay? You're encouraging it by saying that when you're not at all. And then the other side is going to hear something different from the same statement. The people who are just so hyper uh, devoted to that shit 
they're going to hear you and be like, oh, so because you don't think the, the way it's going right now is great, you want us to kill ourselves? And that's what you see a lot with that subject. Oh, so you don't 100% agree? Oh, so that means you think we should kill ourselves? That, that means you think police should kill my people? Oh, you think it's good but not great? Oh, why do you hate it? Why do you think all the copies of that record should be destroyed? You know, it's just... We're, people are like that. And I accept that. Like, you know, sometimes I point these things out, these obvious things that we all notice and experience, like, people are like that. And it's not to be, like, any kind of profound observation. Like, oh, people have this very black and white way of thinking. And it's, and it's not to try to solve it. It's not even out of unhappiness. Because, like, when I point things out that, like, it's just acceptance. Like, I accept that people have this very severe black and white view of things and respond that way. You know, I, I accept that. It's like people who are like, people are sheep, people are sheep, people are sheep. You know, oftentimes I feel like they're coming from this place where it's like, we gotta wake people up. We gotta shake them out of it. We gotta we gotta make sure people aren't sheep, or or like they have this utopian vision that like we're gonna live in a world someday. If if you just call people sheep enough, and point out that thing that they didn't notice, we're eventually gonna live in a world where people aren't that way anymore. No, they're always gonna be that way. And sometimes you have to talk about it. Like sometimes you have to talk about people in that way and be like, yeah, you know. People, you know, they just kind of, you know, follow the leader. They get caught up in a bunch of crap. And then they have these very severe black and white opinions about that crap. This is what it is. We're never going to change it. Sometimes, like, for your own sanity, you have to point things like that out. But it's like, you're not going to change it. It just is what it is. And there's acceptance in that. I accept it. I accept that people are the way they are. When we see people behaving in a way that's the same that they've always behaved on a base level, you just have to kind of say, oh, that's that's just kind of how we are. Can't do anything about it. I'm not going to wake anybody up. People are sheep. People are ship. People are ship. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I really strayed from the bathroom talk. I don't know if I have that much more to say, but I mean, it's just, this is just kind of like me. The whole reason I hit record was basically just to be like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with bathroom talk. And some people kind of use it as a weapon or a defense mechanism. I guess like the last thing I remember saying was just men don't do as much of that as they, they're made out to be. Oh, a boys' locker room is just guys like shitting and talking about it and farting around each other. Not really. Not that much. I played sports when I was those ages. They don't even talk about sex with each other, like their own personal stories, as much as they make it out to be. Oh, guys who are friends, they just, they just sit around talking about all the girls they fuck. 
they're swapping sex stories all the time. Very rarely. Maybe certain groups. But I really haven't, you know, among most men, it's not talked about as much as you'd think. And my friends and I never, almost never. Like, I have close male friends, and we've never talked about sexual escapades or anything like that with each other. Like, I have friends who are married, and they've never one time told me a story about, like, having sex with their wife. And I've never told them a story about anything sexual I've ever done. And I consider them good friends. And not afraid of those subjects. It's just something we don't do. And that's been true of all my friends, you know. Maybe one or two is more likely to talk about that stuff, but I certainly don't. And I'd say most of them don't. So maybe some men do, but... You know, you see women do that in a very performative way. Like, my friend Nick and I were at a bar probably 12 years ago. And there was, like, this young, kind of, like, punked-out girl, you know, and, and she was just very loudly on the bar patio, like, talking about sex and having sex and all this stuff. And I was like, this is a performance. She wants everybody to know that she's a young, liberated woman and she's comfortable and she's sex positive. And, you know, I didn't hate her for it. But it was just obnoxious, and I remember I got—I was getting pretty drunk at that point, drinking probably a rum and coke. And I, you know, drank. I finished what was in my glass, and I remember like I—I I took the ice cube out of the glass and I put it in my ear, like the ear that was closest to her. I didn't know her; she was like sitting at a table next to us or something. And I like just put the ice cube in my ear. And like looked at my friend and like put on this really dumb face like I was listening to her. But it was just, it was such a performance and I've seen so much of that. You see it a lot with female comedians. Like somebody actually charted it. There was someone I saw, they actually like made a chart of how often female comedians talk about sex compared to men and it was way higher. And kind of built into it is like, see, I'm comfortable talking about it. But it's it's also a crutch. And it's, it's very performative. And obviously a comedian is actually literally performing. But there's something performative about talk, like women talking about that stuff. And same with men. Like when men do talk about it, it's very performative too. Like there are guys where it's like, one time when they were drunk, they stuck their limp dick into a certain girl's vagina for a second. And excuse my language here, but I'm just, I gotta make my point. But like they weren't even hard and they drunkenly put it in this girl for a second. And then they go tell their friends, like, dude, I fucked her last night. Like, I remember one of my childhood friends was visiting our hometown after high school, and he hung out with these towny kids. Like, one of them was, like, the popular guy in high school, and he just didn't do anything with himself. And I remember he asked my friend, he was like, here's a philosophical question. Like, if you, like, put your dick in a girl, but you don't, like, orgasm, does that count as sex? 
And my friend, like, relayed that. He was like, I was hanging out with that guy, and he asked me that question. And I was like, what difference does it make? Like, you didn't do the the thing that you were meant to do. So the only reason you'd even wonder what the answer is to that hypothetical question is so you know whether or not to tell people you had sex with her. It's not about your experience of having sex with her. Like, sure, I guess it counts. Okay. A guy hypothetically penetrates a woman. Sure, I guess it counts, but counts for what? Who cares? Why would you why does it even matter what it is? But it matters what it is because you want to know like how to catalog it and how to tell other people about it. And I think only a guy would ask that question. Like, I don't think a woman would ask her friend, even though women are all about, oh, when, when I'm with the girls, we talk about sex. You know, even though, like, women are all about that, I don't think that they would, they would probably say, like, oh, you know, he, he you know, penetrated me, but he didn't orgasm. Like, what do you think of that? But it wouldn't be framed as, like, does that count as sex? You know, a woman wouldn't frame it that way because, like, her experience and perspective is different than a man's in that situation. But, like, when my friend, like, relayed that to me, I was just like, what what difference does it make? And I very quickly just surmised that, oh, he pro- that probably happened to him recently. Probably wasn't a hypothetical question. He probably, like, had sex with a girl recently, didn't orgasm, and now he's, like, wondering how to catalog it in his brain or like how to talk to his friends about it but it doesn't really make a difference a guy like i said a guy will like be completely limp throughout the experience and still like need to tell his friends like i fucked her and they hear it and they're just like oh he he fucked her so there's something performative that men do about that And, you know, they don't do it as often as you'd think. Like, they don't talk about the subject as often as you think. But I guess, like, both men and women are just, especially now that both are just openly talking about that stuff, it's it's like, oh, uh, you know, did you know that sex? Did you know sex? Do you know sex? I had sex, you know, I don't know, women are really into that, female comedians, men do it too, but it, it, what it feels like to me, I guess like what I'm getting at is women feel like they're overcompensating now for all this time that they weren't allowed to talk about it. So now they're overdoing it. Men have always kind of done it in the same stupid way, but now that women are allowed to do it, they're overcompensating and it just comes across annoying and performative. Um, I had an idea for a bumper sticker many years ago, probably 15, more, more than that. We're probably coming up on 20. But I had this idea for a bumper sticker that just said, thought about sex today? Thought about sex today? And everyone I've told that to, not everyone, but a lot of people, they love it. Like, they get it. And they've both said, like, that's really dark. Like, I have two friends, 
two of my best friends like that I've had throughout my life like that they really understood that bumper sticker thought about sex today like why you would put that on your car like what that would invoke and both of them said it's extremely dark and I was like ding 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 when I thought about that I was like that's a really dark bumper sticker thought about sex today Anyway, it's a much different beast. Sex is a much different beast from the bathroom. You can quote me on that. Sex is a much different beast from the bathroom. Some people like really make it like part of their personality that like they make poop jokes. And there's like the idiocracy version is that like someone's just like stupidly being like shit, poop. But then there's like the other version, which is people who just kind of use it as a weapon. Don't take me too seriously because I just make poop jokes. But those same type of people are very serious about it. Those people are very serious about those jokes. Because if you're not into that, they become serious very quickly. And they're like, what, are you, you're not comfortable with it? Oh, you, the other accusation is not just that you're not comfortable with it. The other one is like, oh, you like you think you're too good for that? Like, you think you're smarter? You think you're too smart for that? Oh, you think you're too sophisticated for poop jokes? People will do that to you, too. Oh, you take yourself too seriously. And to prove to everyone that you don't take yourself seriously, you have to act like a fucking clown. And make, like, just bathroom jokes all the time. Oh, to prove to the world that you don't take yourself too seriously, you gotta dress like a clown and make poop jokes. That's, that's kind of how people are. That's kind of how they act about it. It's like, no, like, I see the total absurdity of life. I'm comfortable with everything that goes on on this planet. Like, I'm comfortable with the reality of it. I might not like it, but I can accept it. I'm not afraid of it. I just don't think we should talk about that stuff. And I personally, like, get nothing out of acting like a clown and talking about farts. And you can if you want. But, you know, if... It, this is one of those things, like, if I were a dictator, I would be one of those dictators. I would be one of those dictators who um, just makes, like, ultra-specific rules based on my likes and dislikes. Like, the reason why I live, not the reason, but a byproduct of, of me living, you know, such an isolated life is, like, I don't really want to have any influence on anybody. You know, like, I don't want it to be illegal to listen to Bob Dylan. But I'd rather not listen to him in my house. Like, the comedian Duncan Trussell, he had a story where, like, he was living with his girlfriend and she wanted to put up a Bob Dylan poster just in their apartment, in their bedroom or something. And he was like, no. It's like, no. Like, they got in this big fight about it. Like where she had put it up and he was like, take it down. And then he says he remembers like after the fight, seeing her 
in the bedroom, like just sadly taking down this Bob Dylan poster and thinking like, I am a fucking monster. Like, oh, like just having this crushing sadness. And I was like, oh man, that's so relatable. Like in the grand scheme of things, like you love this person and it doesn't matter. She wants a Bob Dylan poster up, but that's like, that's like the wise perspective. Like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter. I love this person. Why are we fighting about a Bob Dylan poster? Oh my God, it's breaking my heart to see her taking this Bob Dylan poster down slowly and sadly in this room. You know why? I, I just totally, I understand that, what he's saying. But the reality of it is, could I live in an apartment where like I'm seeing a Bob Dylan poster every day? I don't have to like everything. Like if a girl loves a piece of art and I don't love it, but it doesn't really bother me or it's like not against my principles or whatever, like, hey, this is great, whatever. But it's like if you, if it's a Bob Dylan poster, I don't, I, you know, I don't mean to make this about Bob Dylan because I, I just try not to think about Bob Dylan. I don't have a strong opinion about Bob Dylan. I just, I'm trying not to have an opinion about him one way or the other. But uh, so it's not about Bob Dylan. It's just about anything like that. But that said, even though I really don't have this like strong take on Bob Dylan, I just don't think about him at all. I don't think I could live in a place with a Bob Dylan poster on the wall. Like, it'd be one thing if you lived with a bunch of roommates and, you know, just had, all had your own rooms and, like, they had a Bob Dylan poster. But it's like you're living, this is your house. And the person you love that you share this home with has a Bob Dylan poster on the wall that you share. I just don't think I could do that. But you become a dictator where it's like, no, you can't have Bob Dylan posters. Like, it is a policy in this four-walled kingdom that no Bob Dylan posters shall be on the wall. Like, you become a dictator. But it's like, your, your wants matter to you. Like, for me, like, people shouldn't talk about fart. They shouldn't make fart jokes. They shouldn't use the word fart. I've used it far too many times. I've said that word too many times, but this is journalism, this is academia. I'm giving myself a pass right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but that, you know, like it is kind of a law to me. And if I were the king, I might pass a rule that says like, no, we don't talk about that. I'm not gonna send you to prison but, you know, it's going to be uncool in this kingdom to talk about that stuff. It's going to be un... You're not allowed to have a Bob Dylan poster on the wall of the castle. And you can't talk about farts in the walls of the castle. You can't talk about that here. You can't talk about that in my kingdom. But yeah, I would have all kinds of weird little rules like that. No, we don't do that. Not in this country. But that's why I don't want to be in power, too. Like, some people want that. Like, some people... I feel the same way about playing music for people. Like, I've had friends who DJ, and they like to be in control of the jukebox, and they have good taste in music, so it's great for me. But they're the kind of person where if they're at a party, they're like, I'm going to control the jukebox. 
Whereas if I'm in a situation, I'm like, I just don't want something I hate to be playing on the jukebox, but I don't want to be playing music. I don't want, I don't want to force people to hear what I want to hear. I even do that in the car. Like if someone's going to be riding in my car, I don't want to expose them to what I would normally listen to. Like I'll find something neutral. I don't want to have that much influence over them. And so like I, I avoid power of any kind for that reason because like I don't want to subject people to my whims. Because if I were king, you know, no Bob Dylan posters, no fart jokes. You'd have to be very careful about sexual innuendo and how you use it. Um, and maybe that... Maybe that'd be good. You know, maybe maybe the kingdom would be better than other kingdoms. But do I want to have that level of influence? I don't. I hear the the Pokemon kid walking down the trail. It's like eleven twenty at night, but he goes back there. Um, anyway. There's a kid who, he's like probably 30 by now, but I've seen him grow up over the last like 20 years and he still lives in the neighborhood and he like goes down the trail behind Miles. He's not the kid who had the SWAT raid on his house, not that guy. That guy's older than me, but he, he plays Pokemon Go, I found out, but he'll be talking some, some of the time that he goes down the trail. And one time I was on the trail during the day and I turned the corner and he was there and he was like talking into his phone. This is years ago. And he was saying something like, they're all on the stage, like the world stage or something. And I remember thinking, does he have a podcast? I was like, do he and I do the same thing? Are we both just talking to our phone and releasing it? I don't know, but I heard him going back there. Um, anyway, my kingdom, in my kingdom, you know, I, do I want to have that level of influence? Some people do. Some people like the idea of other people being subjected to their whims and their taste. A lot of people have that fantasy. And if they can't be the dictator, they want to enforce dictatorial rule as a group. Because that's kind of what we're seeing now. I guess I was about to end the episode, but this is another topic. Where it's like, people always think like, oh, he's a fascist, he's a dictator. Like, he wants to force other people to, like, believe what he believes and live the way he thinks everyone should live. And he wants to outlaw this and he wants to hurt these people because it's his opinion. But it's like, that's what people do as mobs and groups as well. And it's, the impulse isn't different. You know, just because somebody wants to censor people or control people or influence people or change laws and rules as a group doesn't mean that it's the impulse is any different and in a way it's more shameful like someone who's like I'm gonna band together with all the other libs and make it so you can't say this word or you know you can't uh, you know do this like the impulse of that isn't any different from Someone who's like, you know, I want to enforce some like, you know, fascist right wing dictatorial rule. 
they're trying to achieve the same result. It's just one as a group and one as more as an individual. But I, I have more respect in some way for the individual who wants that. Someone who's like, no, everybody must listen to me. Whereas the person who's like, everyone must listen to us. It's like, oh yeah, you're trying to, you know, force people to do things by like putting a mob behind, you know, it's like you're trying to influence people as a mob, a mad. At least have the balls to try to be a king. If you're going to try to tell me what to do, I'll have a lot more respect for you if you try to do it as a king. Even if you fail. I have a lot more respect for you if you try to do it that way. If you try to become king, hey, you're trying to become king. But if you try to do it as like this big group of, of you know, this lobby, hell no. But we, we do try to like influence people like in the same way that I'm like, yeah, I don't think people should talk about fart jokes. There's people out there who are like, I think everybody should talk about fart jokes. We need more. Prove that you're prove that you don't take yourself too seriously. You know what? Being serious is fun. Being serious is a different kind of fun. Taking yourself seriously sometimes is a different kind of fun. Don't you didn't you know that? Like, haven't you figured that out yet? Like, yeah, there's fun fun, there's goofy clown fun. But didn't you know that like taking things seriously and being austere, that's its own form of fun? Didn't you know that making fart jokes is its own form of taking yourself too seriously? Children can run free.